Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Welcome in on a Thursday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. Nathan Zagura and Gibbe with you. Bo Bishop down at the Memorial in Columbus Jacks Tournament. Getting started here today, the Browns finishing their second week of OTAs today here at the Cross Country Mortgage Campus. So six of the ten OTAs are now completed. They will have four more next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then they will be back for the mandatory mini camp the following Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and that will conclude the spring portion of the Cleveland Browns offseason. Coming up on today's show, you're going to hear from head coach Kevin Stefanski, his availability after yesterday's OTA period, period number five, uh, when he was able to speak with the media. We did not have that on yesterday's show. We will have that for you today. It's also CBD Mailbag Day. Tweet us your questions to at Browns underscore daily. Use the hashtag AskCBD. We'll get to as many as we can around 2.30 today. And you can ask us anything. You can ask me anything. You can ask Gibby anything. Gibby's the most interesting man in the world, so I'm sure he's got plenty of crazy stories to talk about. Um, but, yeah, so get those questions uh, into us, again, using the hashtag AskCBD. Tweet at Browns underscore daily. The NBA Finals kicks off tonight, the Celtics and the Warriors. Uh, We had the match last night, of which I saw nothing, although I read about it. It sounds like they made a ton of birdies, and it was Aaron Rodgers making a 15-footer that he had to have as a walk-off winner on the final hole. They played only 12 holes. It was a par three. He was the only one to hit the green. They played a shamble format, which means that everybody hits one shot off the tee, then they pick the best shot that is second on the green or in the fairway, and they both hit from there and then play their own ball the rest of the way. So on a part three, it's really important because that means that if Rodgers hits it on the green, both Rodgers and Brady can putt from that spot. And, and Brady missed, and then Rodgers drainoed it for the win. So Rodgers and Brady beat Mahomes and Allen. It sounds like Mahomes played great. Brady had a lot of jokes at, at Josh Allen's expense from everything that I have, have read. Um and so there it is. Brady it was, Brady gets it his was first win. He at what like Brady it, it was all fun and games and Brady and Rodgers got out to the quick lead. I think they were up I think they won three of the first four holes and you were like, "Uh-oh. This this might not go very well." Yeah. And then Mahomes had these stingers. I, they couldn't have been more than 20 feet off the ground. But he was fairway, like, green. I, at one point, I was like, I think he's playing the best of the four. Yeah, they took the lead, and then uh, Brady and Rodgers tied it up, and then they were able to ultimately prevail in, in this match, yeah, which was it, Brady's first win. He was 0-2 going into this. Well, there was a moment all of a sudden where Brady just kind of switched gears and competitive Brady came out. And you could tell he's like – I'm 0-2 in this. I've never been 0 for anything. Like, I'm winning this. Like, we're, we're, we're going to win this. Yeah. But he and Rodgers were struggling. It was a little yeah. rough. And then, you know, Rodgers, Rodgers was playing. At one point, I think it was two or three straight holes, there wasn't anybody even playing from the fairway. <laughs> like, Jeez. They were playing OB under things, under bushes, under trees. You know, having to go around obstacles, it was pretty crazy. 
Well, they ultimately got it done, which is good. And the the team that won, as we mentioned, uh, Rodgers and Brady, the old guard, as it were. Uh, wanted to ask you as well, we are in Cleveland, Cavs, new logos, the gold incorporated. I liked it. I thought it looked pretty good. I mean, wouldn't expect anything less. Same. Same. Yeah, it's kind I of mean, a, it's a foregone conclusion. It was going to be awesome. Pretty, pretty fantastic looking. And fantastic indeed. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, I uh, I don't think that's a – you're figuring out exactly who you are from an identity standpoint. Uh-huh. That's half the battle. And I like that they said it's kind of a new group. Bring the gold back, give them their own logo and identity, and, and, and that's what they did uh, there. As I said at the top of the show, the Browns wrapped up their final OTA of this week. They will be off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Or, or, I'm sorry, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They'll be back with OTA number seven on Monday. That's also the Cleveland Browns Foundation Golf Tournament event out at Westwood Country Club, and we will be out there. Although, Gibbe, I told I you, say, take I'm a look at the weather and tell me what you see because you're a weatherman. You are a, a, a weather guy extraordinaire, but – I don't know that this looks great, Gibbe. Rain showers in the morning, scattered thunderstorms arriving in the afternoon. Boy, does that sound like yesterday. Yeah, but this one sounds – and so this is on, on our new app here, right, the new app that we got for Monday. It, it's got us – Monday, this is what it says, day. Some sun, then turning cloudy, a couple of showers in the morning, followed by heavy showers in the afternoon. As you said, precipitation 96% rain amount – Almost a full inch. Well, that's not ideal. No. It sounds rotten. And that's what, you know what, everybody's giving me grief the other day. And I'm like, for the what we deal with in the winter and what we now call spring, which is a joke. I don't, I don't know what that is. Once we turn the corner, it no more rain. It rains all the time. It's going to rain. It rained yesterday. Got rained out last night. You were rained out. Golf League rained out. We have we're staring a Monday rain out in the face, which would be catastrophic. Yeah, that was the word I was going to use. A big problem because these things are not just easily rescheduled. No. So and and like we may or may not be out on a tee box. Well, not if it's raining. There could be some shenanigans. And here I am having to look at that. Go. Well, maybe we'll be in the pro shop and. Undercover and hide. I don't know where we're going to be. I don't know how we're going to. Let's just the kid. We'll we'll summon the kid because the kid's getting ready for our uh, our golf trip next week. So he's not as worried about local Cleveland weather. He's actually he'll be out of here on Monday. But um, maybe get, he will be. Maybe yeah. the weather is going to prohibit it. A flight. How many flights have we seen canceled here for far worse or less? I should say. Don't even speak that evil into the world. I'm trying not to. But but you just did. I didn't, you know. I didn't appreciate it. I did not appreciate it. You don't it. fly out till Tuesday. I know. You're fine. Tuesday's fine. Monday, eh, not so no, great. Hopefully, hopefully, Ken sends they make it at just to have a very successful trip on Monday. That's for everybody's sake. Let's how many that. How many rounds are you playing? On just one a day. Just one a day. Just one eighteen. Yeah, we're not trying to do like thirty six. Just one a day. Yeah, we. There was some decision in ours to cut back next year. People were finally like. 36, dude. Like, it's a lot of golf. It's a lot of golf. 
So I think there, there's going to be some 27s. 27 I'd be fine with. Yeah. And I think we, we're talking about maybe on Thursday uh, do, uh, doing just that. So we're going to play early on Thursday. So then maybe we'll try to get like, yeah, get a, another nine and maybe in the afternoon or something like that. I'd be fine with that. But yeah, 36 is, it's too much golf. It's, and, and it's hard to stay good for 36 holes. Yes. It's a grind. And then you just are like, ah, this is But this how is many terrible. times have you played golf? And you get in a, get on a roll like on the back nine. You're like, well, I should go play nine more. I can do this. Yeah, I can go play nine more. And then you go play nine more, and it is not, not what you were thinking. You were just going to keep it rolling. Oh yeah, no, ridiculous. All right. Speaking of ridiculous, I wanted to also talk about something else that is ridiculous. So yesterday in the seven on seven period, yes, Deshaun Watson threw an interception. John Johnson intercepted it. People are losing their minds. And I've seen a lot of like, this being blown out of proportion would be an understatement. But like, it is, people are trashing on the offense and saying bad things about our quarterback. Guys, gals, everybody. Public service announcement coming. These are the OTAs. This is seven on seven, okay? Deshaun has looked great, great. He is going to throw some interceptions. Every quarterback throws some. Even in games, they throw them. In practice, he's just figuring some stuff out. But the it's not like it's not like in a seven-on-seven seven period here at the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea. It's not like you're going against the Ravens' defense or the Steelers' defense or the Bengals' defense. Sometimes our super talented defense is going to make a play. You have good players on both sides of the ball. That's John Johnson. You've got Newsom and Greedy, who's playing great. And you've got Denzel Ward and MJ Emerson and John Johnson and Grant Delpit. You've got now with Jacob Phillips and JOK, probably the fastest, longest back seven, maybe in the league. And guess what? They're really good. And they're really well coached. Jeff Howard is an absolute beast. Brandon Lynch is a beast. So they're going to win sometimes. That's good. We're going to need our defense to generate turnovers and make plays to win games. Just as we're going to need our offense to make plays. And every time there's a highlight in a 7-on-7 of Deshaun Watson throwing a touchdown to David Bell or Deshaun Watson throwing a touchdown to David Ajoku or Deshaun Watson throwing a touchdown to Amari Cooper or to Donovan Peoples-Jones or to Anthony Schwartz, who's had a nice week. There isn't like an, oh my goodness, outpouring against the defense, like that they're trash. Where is this coming from? It's OTA number six. He's thrown a lot more touchdowns than interceptions. I can tell you that. I think that's the only interception he's thrown. So it, it, two to one ratio is good. We're probably operating at a, I don't know, 15 to one ratio right now. And the defense has made plenty of plays. I talked about yesterday how the defense forced in a seven on seven, like three or four scramble drills because our defense is good. Our back end is good. Really good. I think it might be one of the best in the NFL, if not the best when it's all said and done because Greedy's playing great. He's got the harness off. He's so comfortable. I think Greg Newsom at the end of the year, I said it yesterday, I'll say it again, is going to be one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. That's how he's going to be regarded. Denzel Ward already is regarded that way. John Johnson is an elite free safety. And the guy that's becoming, I think, that's really the linchpin to this, 
who has taken massive strides, basically coming off of what was his rookie year, was Grant Elpin. I was talking with Jeff Howard yesterday. We were doing a very cool Browns breakdown, watching some MJ Emerson tape from his time at Mississippi State, and then we actually were able to incorporate some tape from him here at uh, in the OTAs. But this back end is excellent, and that's okay. That's good. This is iron sharpening iron. There's going to be wins on both sides. The fact that we're going to take one clip and turn that into something that it's not, to me, is wild. Like, let's just relax. How about the glasses? I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I thrive on optimism. I thrive Shocking. on, yeah, I'm a optimism. I'm a I positive guy. Every play that's made, you can have the D play great coverage. He throws the great balls. We've seen many times him fit in tight windows. I just talked with Alex Van Pelt that's going to be on the next Zagur and friends. He'll tell you, the guy can put it into tight windows and do it accurately. And there have been a lot of tight window throws he's had to make because our D is good. Now that one, they got the better of him. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. He's not going to be flawless. No quarterback in the NFL ever in the history of the league who's been a stud starter has gone an entire season without throwing an interception. Now you can get really good and you can throw single-digit interceptions, which, by the way, he did with over 30 touchdowns his last year with the Houston Texans or like Aaron Rodgers routinely does with the Green Bay Packers. But interceptions are going to be thrown. They're going to be thrown in practices. They're going to be thrown in games. That's it. Bottom line, like, why are we getting upset about this? Why are we jumping down people's throats? I'll say it again. Our back seven is great. He has beaten them at times. They won one. Good. Like I said, it's not like this was, they brought the Bengals D in here and the Bengals got one on us or the Ravens got one on us or the Steelers got one on us. That's our defense. Those are our guys. Make it a good play. And Deshaun Watson, like I said, he's looked great. Look, I, I think we'd probably overreact to the good and the bad. But there's never when he makes a tight window throw. There's not a. Oh, my God, the D's trash because that's an unreasonable thing to do. You're right. Deshaun Watson's not trash. I'll tell you that right now. On the football field as a quarterback, and you'll hear Kevin Stefanski come up next. He's a different caliber of player than he has been around. Because he is that good, and it's obvious. Come out here, it's obvious. Jim Donovan sat here in this very chair yesterday after watching that day in which he did throw an interception and said when you watch him throw the football, you watch him move around, you watch the accuracy, your jaw, he said, hits the turf. He was here yesterday when apparently the worst play in offensive history happened at an OTA. Let's just relax. Let's just calm down right now. Jomo says, I need to put a PSA out on Twitter. Jo Jomo, it'll take me too long to type that. That's all I'm saying. Too long to type it. If you tell people, hey, listen to Browns Daily. Because, I mean, for, come on. This is a situation where when you come out to this training camp, I am hoping that your jaw will hit the floor multiple times on throws, on throws that you'll see from Deshaun Watson, catches you're going to see from Amari and DPJ and Schwartz, who I said is coming on, David Bell, who's coming on. When David Bell, and they've thrown a lot at him. Obviously, he's a rookie, and they're learning new plays every day. When David Bell knows exactly the route he's supposed to run the way he's supposed to run it, he's getting open all the time. He had another catch in the red zone, a touchdown in the seven-on-sevens. He had a couple big crossers yesterday in seven-on-sevens, a great catch on the sideline, as I mentioned. He's playing very well. My point is this, 
I want your jaw at training camp to hit the floor multiple times for what you see from our offense, but I also want your jaw to hit the floor from what you see from our defense, our secondary. And think about the fact that this is happening in situations. Our secondary is so good where there are, isn't even pressure. You're not even having Miles Garrett involved or Javian Clowney involved yet. That's all coming. So be excited about the fact that our defense has an opportunity to be special, truly special. And the fact of the matter is, it was over the second half of last year. I think in our last 10 games, we averaged 20 points a game, 20 0 points a game as an offense. We go to the playoffs. We win the AFC North. We didn't. And that's why Deshaun Watson is here to get this offense and to get this passing game to an elite level where the Browns want it and where they need it to be a team of true consequence in the National Football League. And so that is exactly why Deshaun Watson is here. Is he going to throw some interceptions? Yeah, he is. He's going to throw less than, than the average quarterback. That's for darn sure. I would imagine he's going to have one of the best touchdown interception ratios in the NFL when it's all said and done. That's just who he is as a quarterback. That's what he's been his whole career. I don't think that's going to change now with the Cleveland Browns. So let's just relax. Let's calm down. Okay. It's a seven on seven drill at OTA number five. OTA number five. Yeah, we have five more. Five. Well, we have four more now. We've got four more. Well, we had five after that and three mandatory. Yeah. And then we have all the training camp. And then we've got the preseason, and then we get ready for the regular season. So everybody just chill out say, man, all right, our D got one because Watson's thrown a ton of touchdowns here and made a lot of good plays and wow throws here. Okay? I'm out there every single day. Every day. Every day. I've seen it. Donovan's seen it. Okay? Let's all just chill. Come on, man. We got rain coming. Hopefully it's going to be nice out there for you. We've got a beautiful weekend coming up. We just had a great holiday weekend. It's all gravy. Be excited about RD. Be excited about RD. You can't spell Cleveland without a D. Kevin Stefanski next, Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily. Nathan Skura, Jason Gibbs with you here at the Cross Country Mortgage Campus where the Browns concluded OTA number six today, just about oh, just about an hour ago is when practice wrapped up here. Well, yesterday, Wednesday, was the day that the media was invited out to the Browns OTA, OTA number five, and head coach Kevin Stefanski talked with the media following that practice here is his press conference. Okay, good to see everybody. Uh, really good work out there today. Uh, a lot of good situational football work. Got down in the red zone really every day in OTAs. We're getting in the red zone uh, every day. We're working our third and fourth downs. Uh, had some third and fourth and longer distances today, which I thought was really good teaching for both sides of the ball. Uh, really appreciative of the guys that are out there working. And, and they're, they are grinding. It was warm uh, out there. So I think that's that's all good work. So uh, really impressed with this group. And then we got to have another good day uh, tomorrow, uh, which will end our OTAs this week. Uh, but really pleased with where we are, with uh, recognizing we have a ton of uh, room to grow. And with that, I'll take any questions. Kevin, uh, excused absences with Jadavion, Joel. It's all voluntary. Uh, it's so you. they don't need my excusal. <laughs> got you. Hey, um, 
So yesterday there was another lawsuit filed against Deshaun. That's the first one since he's joined the Browns. Did you guys anticipate that? I would tell you with all that, uh, Tom, respectfully, I'm going to let the legal pre proceedings play out, uh, and, and I'm respectful of, of that process. Does that change Again, I think it goes back, uh, Nate, to the, the work we did prior to, to this. Uh, we, we've covered that, uh, but I'll just uh, continue to let the proceedings play out. As you've seen, Kevin, Deshaun's getting reps with both the first and second offensive line. Is he getting extra work, or is that just, just part of the screen? Yeah, I wouldn't look into that. Uh, we're trying, like anything, you're always trying to get everybody ready, uh, so you sometimes don't have uh, your one tight end lined up next to your one tackle necessarily per play. So we're rotating guys and, you know, specifically to the defensive side, I think the coaches are doing a really nice job of moving guys around and, and trying them in different spots. Uh, because as we all know, during the season, you're going to need somebody to go play a position that they haven't played a ton of. So now's the time to get these reps. And, and I think these reps are just so valuable. You got David locked up uh, for four more years. Uh, Pretty nice contract for him, considering he hasn't been a, a focal point offensively. I think that's fair to say uh, the last couple of years. Um, is that something that you guys anticipate changing, that he's going to be featured maybe a little more? Yeah, I think with Dave, uh, certainly want to feature him. I think his skill set, uh, as we all know, uh, great size, great length in terms of catching the football, being able to go up and pluck uh, contested catches, uh, I would talk, I would speak to his development as a blocker. Uh, that's something that I'm proud of David uh, for his evolution of, of a blocker. So I think to your question, Daryl, yes, I think there's an evolution uh, that will continue for Dave, the player. Uh, with us last year, as you know, with Austin Hooper and David and, and Harrison, we played a, a lot of 13. And uh, now with Hoop, gone and, and we'll see if there's a third tight end that emerges uh, but certainly you'd expect some of that share to be divvied up among all the guys including David uh, so that's all remains to be seen uh, but David certainly is deserving of that contract he earned it uh, he did everything we asked him to do yeah, we've seen the, the last three years including two with you with David he has big games big moments and then you know, it seems like he disappears a little bit just in terms of uh, targets within the offense, production within the offense. What do you attribute that to, and then what do you see going forward that's going to make him more of a consistent threat offensively for you guys? I, I would tell you, Jake, obviously we have to get into these games and, and, and game plan for these games and put players in position to go make plays and those type of things. But there's a, he's a big part of what we plan to do. I think that's there's no doubt about that. Uh, but I would just tell you what I'm most impressed with Dave is just his – um, I'll use the word evolution again, of becoming a complete tight end. There's not a lot of guys that can block and run and catch. Theoretically, when you go to three receivers, does that create better mismatch opportunities for the tight end than when you're in 13? Well, I, I don't know necessarily, Tony. I think uh, the one way to look at it would be if you're in 13 personnel and they're matching you with base, okay, so that's going to have – typically three linebackers on the field for them. Are they as good cover players? Then when you go 11 personnel, you may get dime, which is going to have one linebacker on the field. So I think it's dependent on the team you're playing. Uh, but we're always thinking about that type of question, always thinking about matchups when it comes to the tight end position. 
When it comes to David's like possible evolution plus the evolution he's already had, I guess like how exciting is it for you guys that this is a guy who's still only 25 and he has five years of, of experience under his belt? Yeah, I think it's a good point, Ashley, because he, he's 25. He's young. He's got, I don't know if he physically can grow uh, anymore, but uh, he, his game can grow. And that's a conversation I've had with him. And, and I do expect his game to grow. And it's not as simple as just saying, hey, we're going to throw more balls to you. I think his game will grow. Uh, you, you'll see it in the run game. You'll see it in the pass game. You'll see it kind of throughout. And I think he's committed to, to that. He David wants to get better and to be 25, I think you have that opportunity to get better. I think this was OTA 5 today. <laughs> do, you plan, do you plan to use all 10? We do. Did you see growth? And Let me ask it like this. Mm -hmm. You have some continuity here, which we haven't had here in a long time. Do you see that helping things, anything smooth, anything run better? Well, uh, yes. Uh, I think continuity is good in that regards, but it's the first time we've had 10 OTAs. And, and I want to point out how great it is having all those guys out there it's a voluntary program tom but it's great having those guys out there and working and you're getting better every day when they're out there they're getting better even when you make a mistake because you have to make that mistake once and you likely won't make it again so i just think every opportunity we have out there uh to improve as a football team is so incredibly valuable and then the continuity like you mentioned uh, I think it's great in terms of communication, certainly among the coaching staff and that type of thing. But we have plenty of new players, so there's a ton of coaching. There's a ton of learning that's going on. Look at pro high-profile offenses in the NFL. A lot of them do have that big tight end that can stretch the field. Just on that priority list, how important is it to have a tight end like that? Yeah, I, I think for us, it's, it's always trying to feature your best players and, and trying to put that's our job to put them in position to go make a play. And I think tight end certainly for us uh, has been something that we've tried to highlight. Uh, I know it's easy to divvy up and say the player, but then you can also say the room and collectively how the tight end room affects the offense, collectively how the wide receiver room affects the offense and so on and so forth. So uh, we're excited about the group we have, and then it's incumbent on us to put those guys in position to succeed. Kevin, can you, uh, when, without the pads on and off, can you see how Nick Harris is settling in as it looks like a starting set? Yeah, I think without the pads on, Jeff, to your point, it's really hard to evaluate the offensive defensive line outside of what they're doing in their individual drills. You can certainly evaluate that, but the way the rules are written, you really can't go full speed as a team. The guys don't have shells on, they just have helmets on. So we've tried to slow it way, way down when we're in a team setting. So it's an incomplete evaluation for everybody when the pads aren't on. Uh, but just speaking to Nick in general, uh, I think you guys know how we've talked about how he's treated this off season, how he's come in great shape. Uh, he's worked incredibly hard. Uh, just from the day the season ended, uh, really throughout the offseason of working so hard in his body. Uh, and then, as we all know, that, that center position is making so many calls, uh, so much communication occurs from the center to the rest of the offensive line. And that's something that Nick uh, is very good at, uh, and he works hard at it. Shows up. What you know, what does his presence mean to you to have him out there on the field? And also, where do you see his game growing? Yeah, uh, I think another player, Mary Kay, and I know that Miles is a great player. I think he can get better. And, and that's conversations I've had with Miles and a bunch of our players is, is never uh, settling on, on where you are. And potential is just that. It's potential. So I think he has an opportunity to get better. There's areas of his game that he's talked with Coach Kiff uh, about wanting to improve. Uh, so when he's out there and on the field and with the team, I think he's working on those things. 
Say that one more time, Jordan. I'm sorry. When you when you lock that up and you've got you've got these guys back and you know, how do you see that developing, allowing you to continue developing and, and find that third tight end and, and get Alex Wright up to speed? Third defensive end, are you saying? Yeah, I think for us, you know, it goes to, I think Andrew and the crew do a great job of, of managing the cap and, and valuing our players and, and figuring out the, who we can keep here. And I've said it before, you guys have heard me say it, I would love to keep everybody. Uh, I'd love to pay everybody every dime uh, that comes their way, but it's a challenge to work that. So anytime you can... Uh, secure a player like was mentioned for a bunch of years a young player i think it's outstanding and now to your second part of your question there there are young players on our roster who we are developing and they're all developing at their own pace uh, and, and when guys like alex are, are ready uh, and, and ready to play and ready to make an impact they'll be in there but i think we just have to be smart about each guy develops at, a, at its own pace deshaun the player just on the field seems like Everything runs really smooth with, with him out there. Not a lot of finger pointing, directing traffic, stuff that you usually see in the offseason. What, what has impressed you most about him on the field as he's not only learning this offense, but you know operating it? Yeah, I think that's such a big part of it, Daryl, is learning. And it's, it goes from the classroom onto the field. It's watching tape on your own. So he's really dove into this and, and is trying real hard to get up to speed. And I think so much of it is rep-based. I, th I think you have to get reps on each one of these plays. And, and you can get bored in the offseason. So I think we have somewhere upwards of 350 seven-on-seven -seven reps this offseason. Each one of them is valuable. And you may take one – a certain play and run it from the left hash and then run it from the right hash, run it out of 11, run it out of 12, run it with a motion, run it with a motion and a shift. And we're just trying to be, make it rote memory for the quarterback, for everybody, but particularly that quarterback and understanding you got it versus single high this time, then you're going to get it versus shell, then you're going to get it versus pressure. Those are the type of things that you do in this offseason. And for a quarterback uh, coming to a new team and and learning a new system and your new teammates and those type of things I just think you have to dive in uh, to that process and he's done that the first time that some of us have seen extended for Deshaun on the field it just seems like that ball comes out like really quick and just just really crisp not to compare to anybody else but would you say that is something you've noticed with him yeah, I mean, his physical ability uh, certainly jumps out to you on the field. And, and his stroke, uh, as AVP would say, with, with the, how the ball comes out and how quickly it comes out and uh, where his, his elbow and hand are in relation to that ball coming out and the velocity and all those type of things, I think it's been uh, impressive to watch this caliber of player be able to get the ball out of his hand quickly uh, and, and really accurately, as we all know, is so important. Last one here. I was, I was just curious, um, so in a situation potentially where we might be looking at um, discipline uh, down the road for Deshaun Watson, obviously you have Jacoby uh, Brissett uh, potentially starting off the new year. How do you feel about your quarterback depth um, with your the guy behind Brissett not having started and potentially your comfort level with you and as a staff having to lean on Baker in that situation as well? We'll see how all of that plays out. Uh, 
and, and it's for us, we're just trying to take information as it comes. When it comes to backup quarterbacks, I just mentioned AVP, uh, it's really, really helpful having a coordinator that has been a backup quarterback in the NFL. He understands the quarterback position, of course, but really understands backup quarterbacks and how they operate. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. But with backups, they have to be ready to play with zero reps. Sometimes you get zero reps, and that's the name of the game. Sometimes you get to prepare for a game that you know you're starting uh, and you have some uh, head time to, to develop and those type of things. But I'd particularly tell you AVP does a great job with that quarterback room because of his experience as a backup. Yeah, again, with all those uh, type of questions, it's really just take information day by day. All right, that's Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski uh, recapping basically week two of the OTAs yesterday with our media. And as he said, a lot of good work in there, uh, a lot of praise for Deshaun Watson, um, and obviously David Njoku. And letting you know what the focus of this OTA period has been, it's a passing camp, 350 passes they want to have thrown against live defense. And there might be an interception in 350 passes. And again, it's okay. All right, when we come back, AP, Anthony Poizal, joining us in studio. Talk about the OTAs, the Chief, and much more. Don't forget, it's CBD Mailbag Day as well. So tweet your questions for me and for Gibbe, Peepaw, to at Browns underscore daily. Use the hashtag AskCBD. We'll get to as many as we can around 2.30 today. Typo, Peepaw. 2.30. Because 1.30 would be five minutes late. Yep. And AP's, in, AP's coming up at 1.30. Yeah. That's, that's right. That's Running right. around. Okay. Listen, a lot going on. A lot on. going on. Peepaw's world's a busy world. We'll be back with more Cleveland Browns Daily, 8.50 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 8.50 ESPN Cleveland. If a car, truck, or motorcycle accident has caused you injury, call the injury lawyers at 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk, proud partner of the Cleveland Browns. And we're very happy right now. He's got to hit the button underneath. AP. No, no, under under the desk. Under the desk. desk. Yeah, this is a horrible system, AP. You find it? Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Uh, Boom. Boom. There you are. Sorry. So, if you're in a radio studio that is not designed by Peepaw, mm -hmm. okay, you would have, this would be the microphone, and it'd actually be coming out of the desk. It would right. be like one piece. And then, Wait, did you say not designed by me? Yeah, that's right. This is your studio, is it not? Is <laughs> it not? Incorrect. Is it not? It's a radio studio that I work out of. What does it say on your desk over there? Head honcho. Okay. Yeah. Are you the head? You know what how far that gets me? I didn't get to eat lunch today. Hold on, you had action agendas or whatever you had yesterday. You I were missed doing... the twelve fifteen deadline. You don't have, dude. We're good now. Me and you both on when the lunch. When did that today. change? No, lunch. no, we're good now. If you're working practice, you can go now. This is this is sad. Yeah, I would have liked to have known this. Go right now. Eh. Me and AP got it. I know you do. We got it. You can go right now. Um, all right, but anyways, I was saying, so at a, at a, at a non-Peepaw design studio, yes. this would be actually a part of the desk. It would be, like, be coming out mm -hmm. of the desk, and then next to it on the desk, and tell me if you think this would be helpful. A button. There would be a series. It's three buttons. It's three. On. Okay. Off. 
cough. Very standard. So yeah, what happens is when you press important. when you press on, yeah, your mic's on. What do you guys do now if you have a cough? Do you have a button to press or no? You have to do this. You have, you to, have to press the button. Okay, press it on and off. Yeah. So okay. what happens is Good with enough. on off cough on is on and not only is it on it would be linked to a thing here somewhere in the studio that would say on air right it would glow well, red we, well right but this isn't linked right. we have to manually yeah. do all of this yeah well we still need an on-air light that's, yeah that's and, and right now it's i don't know so i think the remote's on the fritz gibby i think heard it he did it out of spite i didn't hurt it i uh -huh. need a new battery for it well so when you press on right. on-air lights are on so mm -hmm. you know you're on yeah this glows red also, like it, it you know be you're more on. obvious that you were on or off air. Correct. AP, it works as long as Zagura Correct. remembers to do it. Correct. Okay. Then you press off. Right. Off. Right. Cough. That's a, that's a big if, too, Gibby. Okay. Cough is while you're on, you can depress cough, and for the moments right. that you have a cough depressed, you can go. <coughs> right. <coughs> yeah. Nobody hears that, but yeah. your mic is still on. Gotcha. Makes sense, right? Yes. This is laborious. It's loud. I'm in. I mean, I'm out. It's Nobody knows, and there's no way to know unless you have a you keep notes. Yeah, it's off. I turn it back on. So then you have to do this. Yeah, it, it sounds on? like it sounds like we need a few upgrades in, in the the radio booth here. For, but but I don't know. From the mouths of babes, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. From the I'm mouths sure of babes, AP. Good good job out of you. All right. <laughs> speaking of young man having great success, in addition to you, uh, the chief, big contract extension, four years, a lot of money. He's happy about it. I talked to him. He should be. Your thoughts on uh, getting the chief in the mix, and then now all this talk about the expansion of his role now that he is right. the guy. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt now that he is the TE one of this offense for the foreseeable future, and I think Ooh, a big part of right. I think a big part of that, I, I, like you just said, is going to be about him expanding his game. I mean, you know, he's going to get probably more targets than than he's he's uh, been seeing his last four years in the league, just because you look at what we have in the ride, uh, in the wide receiver room, and then. Um, obviously now it's there's no Austin Hooper here. It, David Njoku is that top guy. Um, and obviously, you know, Harrison Bryant could still come along uh, as well. But, but yeah, David Njoku is, is clearly the top tight end in this room now. And um, you have a quarterback that they're probably going to want to use a lot, right, with Deshaun. So um, a lot of targets are going to be coming David Njoku's way, and the expectation is that he's going to be catching them. And um, I'd imagine his role in the red zone is probably going to increase too, right, just because he has that that big, strong body that you want for uh, for a tight end in those situations. <laughs> And then, um, and then you take in just the fact of, of how fast he is. I mean, you think back to that 71-yard play he had against the Chargers last oh, year. Yeah. It was, I think, the longest play uh, of the Browns' season last year. So um, that's just one example of, of what they're expecting more of uh, with Njoku moving forward with this big contract. And, and then you can kind of get into just about run and pass blocking. You know, Alex Van Pelt talked a lot about that yesterday and how intriguing uh, it's been to see him kind of grow in that area the last two years since um, Kevin Stefanski's coaching regime kind of you know took over here. And um, Njoku's definitely embraced that role, and that is definitely uh, a huge reason why they wanted to give him this contract, too. They believe he can really help out even more in, in the run game and, and making sure that uh, pocket stays clean if he ever has to you know drop back on a, pa a pass play. I just really don't see a reason now for him to be off the field unless he needs a rest. Right. Like, I feel like he's going to play a high percentage of the snaps, and I think 80-plus targets is not without outside of the realm of possibility, and so I think he's got 800-yard, eight-touchdown potential and maybe Definitely. some upside on that. 
He might be the number two target in our passing game. Right. I think one thing that's important to remember here, too, is that tight end is a, it's, it's, it takes a little bit longer for tight ends to sort of develop into that immediate impact player, you right? Look so, at Vernon Davis. Right, exactly. So, you know, Njoku's 25, which is an incredibly young age for a player that already has as many years of experience as he has in the league. So, um, so I think the, the Browns are banking on him really kind of taking that ne extra big step this year now that the runway is clear for him to make that big impact. And you saw, uh, you know, I was looking at his snap counts yesterday. In 2020, his snap counts were hovering around like that 50 to 60 percent range. He was taking about, you know, uh, 50 to 60 percent of snaps per per game. And now yep. last year, that role as I think a big part of that is because he got better as a blocker um, and was able to kind of do more in the pass game as well. But um, he was hovering more close to that 70, 80, 90 percent of offensive snaps for most of the games last year. And it's just going off what you just said. I think this year that it really could hover around 100% just because when you look at that tight end room right now, he is that top guy. And then you look at the rest of the receivers. It's like, okay, Amari is, is probably going to be getting the, the biggest chunk of targets sure. per game. And then after that, it's really kind of wide open. And now that you know Njoku is going to be your top tight end, it's like maybe he's that, that second receiving option now. You know, maybe uh, he can get that chemistry going with Deshaun and work the middle of the field a little bit. Um, and, and if that works, that. Then, then, I mean, he could be seeing a very high uh, volume of targets every, uh, each game. Yeah, I think he's going to be incredibly productive, too. I mean, he's a guy, you know, last year for most of the season was right around 10 yards a target. So 80 targets, 800 yards. I mean, it's certainly all there for the Chief. And last year, the two of them had about 120 targets. He and Hooper combined. You feel like he's going to see the majority of hoops, and some are going to obviously trickle down to Harrison Bryant. But that means, like I said, 80 to even 100 targets right. is, is not outside the realm of possibility. And I think his catching has just gotten better, too. Like last no year was a, was a career high for him. I think he had a 68% uh, catch, catch percentage last year yeah. and only two drops. So, And those were both uh, the, be the best of his career. So um, I think he's definitely improved in that regard. He's got more comfortable and confident just catching the football, whether it's a short pass, a medium pass, or even sometimes you know a deep ball. We've, we saw them try to go deep to – David a few times last year. Oh, so yeah. I think just his growth as a pass catcher is, is going to be huge for um, what this all, passing offense wants to kind of become now that, that Deshaun is at the helm and they've sort of reworked a lot of the pieces there. Yeah, talking with Anthony Poizel, the Browns staff writer right here in studio. All right, AP, through two weeks of OTAs, do you have you developed any pet cats? And a pet cat is somebody that you just are like, okay, that's my guy. And usually, typically, not like a frontline superstar, but somebody that's caught your eye and that you're like, all right, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm going to be ready to pound the table for this guy. Yeah, definitely. And, and I talked about him, I think, the last time I was on this show. And I will say that it is still early, but um, I've been really impressed by what David Bell has brought to the table so far. I, I don't think he's dropped the pass, uh, at least in the in the work that I've seen him put in. Yeah, nice touchdown um, today. Yeah, I mean, he's getting open. He's, he's getting targets from Deshaun, whether that's by design uh, in practice or not. I mean, it's really intriguing just the fact that he's doing exactly what, you know, the coaches thought that they were getting out of him when they drafted him, which is he's going to get open and he's going to catch passes. Like, yes, he might not be the fastest receiver on the field, but that doesn't matter as long as you're getting open and, and finding ways to get the football. And I think that's that's what he's shown through just, you know, the couple of practices that I've seen so far. And I mean, if he keeps up, I will be <laughs> I will be very on the on the David Bell train as far oh, as yeah. this guy can can very much take a, a big role in, in this offense as soon as as this year. Yeah, I think the fact that the slot role is very open for him means that, you know, he's if he keeps doing it, like it's not like the Browns are gonna be, oh well, he's just a rookie. Let's ease him into it. Like no, they're they're gonna be ready to to, to bring him into that role like instantly if, if he keeps showing what he's showing um, in practice and and through training camp. Yeah, and he you, he's somebody whose play has picked up from week one to week two as as he's more comfortable. And as I said, I talked with Alex Van Pelt for the BPA, and uh, he said that when Bell knows his assignment because he's learning so much in the playbook, he said he, and he's playing fast. 
He has been very good. Gets open in his usage, catches everything. Had a great touchdown catch in the red zone period right at the back of the end zone right. today uh, and had a couple big catches on those crossers yesterday. So David Bell, you like. Uh, I got this is a fun one. And Gibbe, listen, you got to listen to this. So I was doing the Browns breakdowns, which are going to be coming out where we watch some tape uh, of MJ Emerson mm -hmm. with Jeff Howard, the Browns defensive backs coach, and uh, just a fine human as well. Yeah. And so we were watching a clip of MJ against Jamison Williams from Alabama. It was one of the ones. And, and Jamison tried to – he was one-on-one, -on -one, totally on an island, tries to run like a dig, and then it's kind of a scramble drill, and he stays with him and ends up getting a PBU. And at the end of it, he goes like this, MJ Emerson. Like a celebration? Yeah, a celebration was this. He put the sword in his pocket. So yeah. that's what sword, – sword in his pocket. That's what – and Jeff Howard, that, that was my initial reaction. What it is is – He's saying he's strapping him up like in a seatbelt, like he's putting the seatbelt oh, on because he's got him strapped and locked clever. up, That's which clever. is good. That's a real good one. I've not seen that one before. Yeah, so I don't know. Listen, he's still he's still a young player, but I think we might see. We see a lot of this out of our DBs, a lot of yeah. the, the incomplete, but I feel like a, a strap him up on a on a man coverage. I love that. Yeah, I mean, he's he's – everything that you would kind of want I think in a cornerback right now and um, he's got that tall frame that um, you know the coaches are obviously really excited about and they're they're going to kind of keep working him into the defense but it sounds like he's going to get opportunities to do that this yeah. year right you know like, no doubt um, and they have a deep a really deep cornerback cornerback room and just overall secondary but it sounds like they're kind of ready to give him a chance to, to take a big role in that and kind of get maybe some somewhat of a rotation going. Um, I know he was an option to possibly be, uh, you know, in the slot this year, uh, but, you know, Greg Newsom kind of has been taking most of the slot snaps there so far. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think we'll kind of see over the course of these next few weeks just kind of how ready he is and how much they're kind of going to be ready to kind of put on his plate um, once once the season starts. So here's an interesting thing that, that stood out to me yesterday when watching our, our secondary, which I thought had a very good day yesterday. Um, with MJ. So MJ is an outside corner. Mm -hmm. You've got Greedy on the outside, Denzel on the outside. Now Denzel's done some work in the slot as well in this in right. this uh, early OTA period. Greg's your starting slot. He's been great at it. And then they're working other guys in. We haven't seen MJ play slot yeah. yet. But we have seen him, and this happened yesterday, for a, a handful of snaps. A handful of snaps. We have seen him play some dime. So he's playing that dime backer role where they come in where they go the three safety look and he's playing that and that gives the Browns an opportunity if he can if this is something that he can learn yeah that gives the Browns an opportunity to really play a four corner dime not give up their physicality because if you watch MJ Emerson's tape he's a very physical tacker, mm -hmm. tackler but it allows them to be in some man situations on the good tight ends and imagine you know he's six two so now all of a sudden let's say you have him covering a Mark Andrews right. That's a different level of cover guy than we've ever been able to have in that role in the past. And right. so that'll we'll see if he's able to do it. It's not something he's ever done before. And in the man, that's no problem. He can right. play the man portion of dime. But learning the zone stuff from the inside, his responsibilities, mm -hmm. that's something that'll be an interesting evolution to watch. But if he can do that, I think MJ Emerson can play quite a bit as a, as a rookie. Right, and I think having all those options is one thing that Joe Woods really wanted to build with yes, this positionless. defense, right? Because in the past defenses that he's coached, he's had those kind of dime and nickel options where he can, he can kind of adjust week to week based on what the matchups look like and then based on just how the game is flowing, who he wants to put in there at what times and again, what players and so to have a player like Emerson who's this big tall guy that can match up against guy, you know like you said a big tight end or maybe it's another big uh, physical receiver whether it's somebody in the slot or the outside sure. like if you can mold him into sort of a versatile player or even just somebody that can play more than just the outside cornerback role that's going to be a huge benefit and Joe Woods is 
definitely going to take advantage of that because that's what he looks to do with defenses. He wants to make everybody as versatile. He wants to make every defense as versatile as he can make it. So that way there's no mismatch mismatches week to week with a receiver or anybody um, that they're going up against. Yeah, you think about the speed that would be on the field if you had, let's just call it, Greedy and Denzel outside, Greg inside. You would have in the dimebacker role MJ Emerson, JOK at linebacker, Jacob Phillips at linebacker, Grant and John Johnson. I mean, the speed and the length and the ability of those people to cover. And I think Greedy's in, I can have a great year. I really do. He's yeah. got the harnesses off. You can tell he looks more comfortable out there. He's had a great start to camp as well. Yeah, this D could be pretty special. All right, AP, yeah. we'll get you out of here on this one. <laughs> what do you think about people overreacting to a clip from a seven on seven at OTA number five? Um, I, I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's OTAs. Like this is May that we're, we're, we just got to June. June now. That's um, right. it's one play. Like I think you just said it before I hopped on here. Like, you know, they want the Sean to throw 350 passes. Not all of them are going to be completions or incompletions. Did you like, listen to my be... opening segment today? AP, were at your no. desk? Did you, were you locked into the show? No, I just heard what you, I heard what you were just saying before I, That's before I rolled demerit, into the demerit. room. <laughs> yeah. But no, like this is, this is what. You know, the point of this is to get the kinks out, right? And so interceptions in some ways can be, hey, let's look at what went wrong. So that way, whether it's a miscommunication or just maybe a poor throwing decision, like you could work this out. And by the way, it's one play. It's our <laughs> defense. He didn't throw an interception right. to the Bengals. Yeah, or the like Ravens. maybe it was a it's great play by our defense. John Johnson. I, I don't, we, I have, mean, yeah. we have a great defense. Right. They're like, going to make plays too. Right. I thought I thought it was a good play. Like when you look at, you know, a certain camera angle that I saw on social media, like John Johnson kind of came out of nowhere. He so, did. So look, like it's, it's, it's June. Uh, That's we're right. not the, the games don't count it for another you know three four months here. So and in the practices don't count for another until training camp really. That's when you maybe can kind of start to look and be like, okay, how how's everybody looking? But even still, like before the game start, it's just there's no point in, in looking at one play and making some broad judgment or getting getting too worked up about it or as our friend Ken Carmen likes to say, getting worked into a shoot because I feel like we've seen a lot right. about that on social media. That's, right. so that's the cousin of Mo Pedman on this program, yeah. AP. <laughs> that's Mo Pedman's cousin. That's how we that's how we refer to that gentleman. Yeah. On this program. Yeah. All right, AP, what's coming up from you in your your writing world at, at cleanbrowns.com? Um, yeah, we'll just have more in-depth coverage of OTAs. Um, we'll have another round of it next week. Um, I know we've got uh, this golf outing on Monday, so I'll definitely have hopefully some fun s- uh, sights and scenes from that. I know you guys will if you're able to. Maybe. You can't. Put- uh, got to wait till Saturday. We'll have more clarity then. When you're 48 I'm hours nervous. Out, I'm nervous about this. 48 hours. Because the weather, like we'll see. yesterday, there was no rain in on the radar, and practice ended, and we got doused for three minutes. Okay. Yeah. For three minutes, dude. Okay, well, on overreaction Wednesday, that might have been yeah three minutes. Yeah. I mean, the weather can change in an instant here, so we'll we'll just see. All right, let's all everybody out there do your anti-rain dance yeah. as though you were a golfer that wanted Should to play in this event. Have a storm on Tuesday when the girl's trying to leave. If my flight, you know what I'm going to do if my flight gets here, I'm going to come right here and I'm going to smack you. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. All right, we will be back. Hour number two of Cleveland Browns Daily coming your way again. Check out. AP's great work, ClevelandBrowns.com, the Browns mobile app. Uh, coming up at 2, we'll hear from, oh, an exclusive one-on-one, yours truly. No? That's what it says right here. It says from the podium. Oh, from the podium. And then tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow you get the exclusive one-on-one. Tomorrow you get the Make them wait for Friday. Friday, it's getting down on Friday. That's where me and Preef one-on-one, that's magic. I'll tell you that right now. It's already happened, and it was magical. You're going to enjoy that. Preef enjoyed it. He told me so today. All right. <laughs> Hour number two, Cleveland Browns Daily coming up here, 8.50 ESPN Cleveland.
Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumpke Waste and Recycling is a family-owned and operated company. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee, you'll become a part of the family. Visit Rumpke, www.rumpke.com to learn more. We go to the podium once again, and now we hear from Brown's special teams coordinator, Mike Prefer, from yesterday's media availability. Uh, of talent for teams this year. So could you just talk maybe about how excited you are about all your new guys? Sure. So in free agency, we um, signed Jakeem Grant, which I thought was a, a piece that we were missing. Um, you know, I've been part of some really good uh, teams in the past. We've had excellent returners, whether it was Percy Harvin or Cordero Patterson or Marcus Sherrills in Minnesota. And when I got here, we've had guys that have done a really, really nice job of securing the ball which is obviously, excuse me, first and foremost, securing the ball is the number one thing, obviously. Uh, so we've done a nice job there, but we need more production. We need to uh, up the ante a little bit. You know, we're playing in it, my, what in my opinion is the best division in football when it comes to special teams. Every team's really good. In order to keep up with those guys, we needed to sign a good returner, and I think we did that. So I'm excited about Jakeem. Uh, the punting game, obviously, we were very inconsistent last year, and we had to make the change. And, and then down the stretch, you know, we had, you know, Dustin did a good job as a veteran punter and brought a veteran presence to our team. But having these two young guys fight it out, having Corey and, and Joe fight it out, it'll be a great competition. They both had a really good day. Yesterday, uh, Thursday, they both punted the ball extremely well. They bring a different element. They have both a very, very strong, uh, very good directionally, um, which we need to do a better job with. And so I'm excited about them. And of course, in the draft, you know, draft and a kicker in the fourth round, which is uh, not that unusual, but doesn't happen that often. Um, I thought Andrew, you know, pulling the trigger on that one was big for us. And, uh, you know, we needed to have more consistency there. We were very good on kickoffs a year ago. We, we should continue that, I hope, too, with the kicker we have. It starts with the kicker. And then, obviously, we have a very difficult venue to kick in. And then Kate is he'll come in. He's big. He's strong. Uh, he's very confident. He understands his craft. He's young. Um, we've already had him down to the stadium, I think, three times. We're going again tomorrow. We're going to go again during the uh, mini camp in a couple of weeks. So the more confident he is in our stadium, the, the better kicker he will be because he's got all the talent in the world. we just got to keep getting him to be more consistent. When we talked to you in January, you talked about drafting a kicker and how mm -hmm. you don't draft somebody just to draft somebody. It has to be the right guy, the right yeah. fit. I guess in your evaluation of Cade, uh, what made him the, the right guy to make that move? He is a kicker that obviously won a national championship as a freshman. You guys all talked, you know, we all talked about the fog kick. Um, but he was 15 of 19 for 50 plus. Um, he made, uh, I think he missed six kicks from 40 to 49 as a, as a freshman. And ever since then, he's been unbelievable. So he's a lights out kicker. He loves, he loves the big stage and he's performed in the big stage. And I think that was really big part of the evaluation. So I spent extra time with him at the combine, the normal time. Then I spent extra time with him the next day, uh, went down to Baton Rouge and took him out to eat and got to know him a little bit, what makes him tick, uh, uh, understood, got to f a good feel for how confident he is. It's not, I don't want to say cocky, but it's, I think he's very confident um, in what he is as a kicker, what he is as a person, um, which I really liked a lot. And then the next day we watched tape from the combine. Didn't have a great combine, so it made no excuses. We mentioned a couple things. We talked about a couple technique deals, and then we went out and he had a really good workout for me. And then, of course, I stayed in touch with them in the pre-draft process. 
and then watched his pro day. He had a great pro day. So everything leading up to the draft was very, very positive with Cade. And to me, the sky's the limit. I mean, he could be really, really good, and I'm excited about him. And, we, and he is the right guy. He's the right guy for our, our stadium, for our city, and for the division that we play in. When you guys made that trade on Friday night of the draft, were you thinking in the fourth we're going to get this guy or maybe even speaking up? Or when we made the trade, I'll be honest with you, I had tears streaming down my face. I was a very happy man. And then we, I think we traded the first pick of the fourth round, right? Is that right? And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. So, But, yeah, I think once we made that trade, we had talked about it. Of course, I'm not privy to all the information, nor do I want to be. i got too much going on in this little brain of mine. But um, once we made that trade, you're right. I knew we had an opportunity to, to we were going to get him in the fourth round. And I'm looking at all the teams before and after and who's coming up in the draft and who needs a kicker. And I was worried about some other teams. And But when Andrew pulled the trigger in the fourth, fourth, uh, fourth round, that was a big deal. I don't know what this is statistically true throughout the league, but is that 40 to 49 uh, range for some reason more difficult than even beyond 50? Because like Chase last year, he was 4 of 10 from that, 40 to 50, right. uh, 49, right. but fine after that. And, and you just mentioned that same thing about Kate. Yeah, well, that was, that was freshman year, and ever since then, he's been really good. I, I think that's kind of your money kick, 40 to 49. 50-plus, you're like, you're hoping to make 60, 65% maybe. But 40 to 49 in this league, you got to be 90%. And and uh, that's where we struggled a little bit down the stretch last year. And, you know, did he make those big kicks? Sure. He made the 50-plus, made a 57-yarder in our stadium and, and did some really good things for us. Uh, but down the stretch, he, he you know, we missed too many and hurt our football team too many times. And we got to make sure we're, we make those kicks. And as you guys know, most of these games are, are one-score games in our league, and especially in our division. So we got to make sure that we make those kicks to help our team. considering they had such a good specialist there. Yeah. Just what have you seen from him in, in the little bit that you've gotten to see with him doing that? Just by watching him kick field goals, you know, he had a big leg, and then he confirmed that for us at the combine. He confirmed it for the his my workout I had with him, and then the pro day workout, and then the work we've had here. He'll be fine on kickoffs. He'll be, he'll be, he's got a big leg. He doesn't try to overkick it and overdo it. He trusts his technique, and really, the other day, we had a little bit of uh, tailwind. We talk about, we like to hang it up and cover, because we were so good in cover last year. So we're trying to work on that. And he couldn't really do it. He had too much wind behind him. He kept knocking him 70, 75 yards, 4-3, four, 4-4 four, four hang time. So he definitely has the leg strength. We just have to refine exactly how we want certain kicks kicked. And he's got to understand this is not college football you know, where they like to just bombs away and kick touchbacks. We're not like that. We're going to have, we're going to have a time when we need touchbacks. But we have hang kickoffs. We got liners. We got squibs. squibs we got mortars. We got surprise on sides, must on sides. So there are a whole different, a uh, whole bunch of clubs in his, uh, his bag that he needs to get good at. And that's the stuff that he really needs to work on because he really never did it in college. Uh, but he has the ability to do so. What's the theory of not bringing in another kicker? And have you ever been in a camp with one kicker? Yeah, um, we've done it before. I think we just have to limit his kicks because he is young. He wants to kick all the time, so he, and it, which is good. He wants to continue to get better, so I'll make sure I rein him back a little bit. I think the theory was we drafted him. He's going to be our guy. Let's let him take every rep. And I think because he needs to understand uh, how important each situational rep is, I'd rather not 
waste it on a guy who's not going to be our kicker. Um, we have a punter competition where we weren't going to have a kicker competition. He was going to be our guy. And I think every rep he gets with the team, every rep he gets in the stadium is going to make him better. So at the end, that was our thinking. It's, it's a great question because uh, a lot of teams, I think Cincinnati brought in their guy and kept some kind of camp competition. But I think everybody knew who the kicker was going to be in Cincinnati. And I think the same thing is, is true here. So I like the fact that Andrew, and that was his idea, like, what do you think? I'm like, hey, I'm all for it. We'll make sure we do a good job of limiting his kicks. We don't overkick him in camp. Yeah, one more uh, kickers on practice squad. We'll end up having a kicker, I'm sure, on practice squad at some point. We'll we'll have what we did in the past. We'll whoever doesn't make a team, some of the guys that did really well in camp around the league, uh, we'll have a tryout. You know, if they, unless they sign with the team that they're with, whatever the case may be. But I, I would I would assume we would have a, a punter or a kicker as a practice squad player. I don't know for sure yet. Yes, sir. Sure. Were you, were you joking, or did you really get emotional when you guys moved into draft? Well, I'm an emotional guy, man. Come on. I know you are, but I can either confirm nor deny that I've, I had I shed tears that night. What? I guess what was going through your mind in that moment? That, that well, I knew we had we had talked about if there was a, a uh, opportunity in the fourth round if we traded. I knew Andrew does a great job with all the trades and everything. Um, but once we made that trade, I'm like, okay, game on. My problem is I had to wait till Saturday. It was a tough two days, but yeah, I, I'm not going to confirm or deny that I shed tears of joy. And then even more tears of joy when we did pick him. The great Preef left. My exclusive one-on-one -on -one with Preef tomorrow on our program here, but he's an emotional man. There's no doubt about it. So I would say, if I had to guess, tears of joy may have been shed. I mean, at the same time, he understands what's worthy of tears of joy. And the last time I saw Mike Preefer shed tears of joy was when he was the acting head coach for the Browns, and we beat the Steelers in the wild card game in Pittsburgh. Because he like looked back at his family, and he knew what it meant to Cleveland. He talked about it in his presser, and he got emotional. And he's he's a, an, an awesome guy in that regard. Um, when we come back, we're going to go around the league. Some news around the league. Some good. Some sad. Some. Not good or bad, really, but just some news. And then at the bottom of the hour, we've got Mailbag Thursday. Gibbe's going to MC it. I know we've seen, I've seen some questions come in already. I'm kind of pumped about them. Uh, we'll talk about all of that and more when we return here on Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. There's a lot of bad advice out there about gambling from secret methods to picking lottery numbers to betting big. When you're on a roll, these myths can lose you money and get you in a lot of trouble. So before you wager, find out what's real and what isn't at Keeping It Fun, Ohio. Dot com. Nathan Zagura, Jason Gibbs with you here at the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea for Cleveland Browns Daily. And Gibbe, it's time now to go around the league. And we start with some news about Frank Gore. Frank Gore signing a one-day contract with the 49ers where he will retire as a 49er. Frank Gore, five-time Pro Bowler, was on the Hall of Fame All-Decades team for the All-2010s. At one point from the year 2006 through the year 2016, he had 1,000 yards in every single season but two. For his career, he has rushed for 16,000 yards and 81 carries. And the question, Gibby, you say, is he a Hall of Famer? So... 
his pro pro uh, pro football reference Hall of Fame monitor is 100.5. The average Hall of Famer is 106.95. He was a first team All Pro in 2006. Uh, you look at kind of like the career accolades. That's where it gets interesting in terms of you know all time leading. You know this that whatever. He's got as we said the five Pro Bowlers, uh, five Players of the Week. Um, he is. Career third in rushing yards all time, 16,000 rushing yards, third all time. But is that enough? Is, I, I feel like that's the – you played a long time. He's fifth all time in all-purpose yards. Like only four people have ever gained more yards than Frank Gore. He had a I'm, – I'm, I think he was a, a fantastic player. Is he a Hall of Famer? I don't know. So I think eventually, yes. I I don't definitely don't think first ballot, but so he, according to their um, Pro Football Hall of Fame metrics, okay, he is ranked higher on their list than Thurman Thomas, Marcus Allen, Earl Campbell, Curtis Martin, Tony Dorsett, Jerome Bettis, John Riggins. Who's it? John Riggins and Bettis are actually similar types of accumulators, and he is considered to be higher up the list than both of those guys. So maybe, maybe, and he's he's well loved. Came back from two torn ACLs when that was supposed to be impossible. I think he gets in. I think he'll get in. I don't think the first ballot. I mean, there's something to be said, Gibbe for being a running back who was able to play in 241 games. Like, there's something to that. That longevity at that position, there is something to that. I mean, the only people who have ever rushed for more yards than him in NFL history are uh, Emmett Smith and Walter Payton. That's it. That's the list. That's pretty good. Yeah. No, I I, I get it. I, I Trust me, I've... I've... A bit, I'm a Frank Gore fan. I enjoy watching him play. I enjoyed watching him play. i just trying to figure out, you know, it, it comes into that longevity question, and will that count against him? He was still, at least he's got one all-pro, and he's got, as we said, the five Pro Bowls. He was, he was really, again, is it the Hall of Fame or is it the Hall of Really Good? He was. There's no doubt that That's he was I mean. really, really good. Uh, he had his best year, 2006. He ran for 1,695 yards and eight touchdowns uh, that season. I think he's, I think he certainly has the the case to be able to to be made that he is in fact a Hall of Famer. Will he be? That's what we'll find out. But I certainly wish him the best. Um, Tom Brady saying that he felt pressure to end his retirement due to free agency. Gibbe. It's an interesting story coming out. Uh, from the match last night yeah so basically and this is as i pull this up from the magical world of the internet uh jenna lane uh our good friend wrote it uh he put at this stage it's like 55 percent yes 45 percent no it's not a hundred percent that's just the reality brady said in a round table that aired on tnt following the match it's not that i'm not 100 percent committed it's just as soon as I make the commitment to do it, it's like, uh, all right, here we go. It's like running a marathon. You can't decide two weeks before the marathon, hey, I'm going to start running. Sure. We've got uh, we've got right to free agency, and I felt some pressure to do it. I talked to the team and organization, and it all worked out. 
he was asked if he'd been ready to retire. He said, partly, you know, yes. I think whether you're their Mahomes and Allen's age, if you were to ask me, are you going to play football next year? I would say there's a hundred percent chance I'm playing as I think I've, and I think as I've gotten older, that's changed because I have other responsibilities. Makes sense. Makes sense. Speaking of retirements, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic announcing his retirement via a text that he sent to his former teammates, and he basically put together a montage of that's got a na- the names of every player he's ever played with. It's pretty spectacular. 17 seasons? 17 seasons. He was picked the same year as Aaron Rodgers. He has the second most touchdown passes, obviously, from that nine NFL teams amazing honestly that he never played for the browns he feels like he absolutely should have been our starting quarterback at one point during you know the last decade it would have been unbelievable oh it would have been great and and reportedly he has an opportunity to uh go ahead and work for amazon that's in the offing so i think we're going to be hearing a lot from him uh in the near future so certainly great career Awesome guy. I remember his debut game. He came in, I want to say, bold. It was on the Rams, seventh-round pick, Mike Martz era. Bolger gets hurt. Their backup gets hurt, and he comes in and throws for like 300 yards in the second half and leads the, and three touchdowns and led them to a come-from-behind victory against the Houston Texans, I believe. Hell of a career. As good on as he was off. <laughs> oh, gr- uh, unbelievable. And as he got the older, chest great. Hair, the outfits, the beard. The pass that he made uh, against the, as a member of the Dolphins, the pass that he made uh, against the Raiders, where he was like, the helmet was turned on his head. He was completely blind and, and was a huge play to beat them, was incredible. Had a good career. Gonna, now he's going to get, he's made money. Now he's really going to make money if he's indeed signing with Amazon. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, by the way, from Michael Silver 15 minutes ago. Okay. Uh, seven-time Pro Bowl center Alex Mack retiring after 13 seasons. Former Brown. Gibbs! Falcon and Gibbs, I told you! Was one of the top linemen of his era. Gibbs, I told you. I, I had that locked in. Nate! Alex Mack's going to retire. J.C. Treader's going to be a 49er. Write that down. Told to me by my dad two weeks ago. I told you that, what, like this last week? Yes, I believe you have. All right, so. Step one complete, Nate. Now, the question becomes who replaces him? J.C. Trotter, I've already told you, Gibbs, aren't you paying attention? Or is your peepaw, now that you're a peepaw, you can't hear as well? (laughs) You told me off the air. I was teeing you up. I was trying to make you look good, Pedro. Give it. I said it two seconds ago. Phase one, Alex Mack retires. Phase two. J.C. Treader to the 49ers. That's what everybody's saying out here in the Bay Area. Nate, watch me drink my coffee. Spumoni. Yeah, he was on. Okay. All right, Dad. Good for you. I got one other bit of news for you. I don't know if you saw it yesterday. Okay. Can I interest you in the Falcons' red helmets? Yeah, of course you can. It's beautiful. They're gorgeous. That uni is Pretty uh, slick. We, yes. I believe we made fun of it quite a bit last year, some of their new unis. No, but, but the old is stuff ridiculous. is so good. Yes. So good. Absolutely. NBA yeah. Finals tonight? NBA Finals tonight. And then there's one other thing, uh, sad news from around the NFL. Marion Barber yeah, passes away that? very young at the age of 38. Uh, and he was one of my favorite players. I, I thought the way that he – Run the way that he would run, just everything about him was. I thought Marion Barber was just awesome, and I remember Hard Knocks. You found out that he could play the piano, and you're like, this guy is really just kind of a Renaissance man. And and it was, 
it was I loved Marion Barber, and I'm very sad, and it's certainly condolences to his family um, on the, his untimely passing. Dallas legend, and you go through and you see um, so many of the clips about him uh, and what he was able to do. You know his physical running style with the best two yard run ever. A lot of people tweeted that one out. Um, and that was, he's just Marion Barber, great guy, uh, great teammate. A lot, everybody loved him. And I know a lot of people who were in the Cowboys organization. Um, and he was very, very well liked, very, very respected, uh, and gone, you know, way too soon. And so it's very sad at the age of 38, Marion Barber played at Minnesota in college, but it also brings me to something else that I want to bring up about Marion Barber. I don't know. We all remember, I think, what Adam Schefter and the tweet about Dwayne Haskins. And it was like basically like Dwayne Haskins first round bust of the Washington football team, blah, 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 blah. Pass away. Like, did you see the ABC News tweet about Marion Barber? No. Just in Marion Barber, the third, the former Dallas Cowboys running back who scored plenty of touchdowns without recording a 1000 yard season has died. The team said Wednesday he was 30 like. What is without recording a 1,000 yard season? Why, what does that have to do with anything? Why is that sentence in there? Like, what are we doing? The, the, the man has passed away. The man has passed away. Dwayne Haskins, young man, tragically loses his life. And you want to talk about that he was a bust? Like, what, what are we doing? Click, click, Let's click, have click, some, click. Yeah, but this is like someone's life being lost yes and this is abc news which is the same company that adam schefter works for at espn it's just like we got th we got to think about these things we've got to be a little bit we've got to be a little bit smarter about these things uh and this is obviously very sad um and and certainly as i said wishing his family uh the very best big marion barber guy he was one of those guys where like you looked at him the way that he played he played like a madden game where you had a 99 truck stick rating a 99 break tackle rating. You needed everybody to bring him down. And he had some monstrous seasons because this was like, you know, my peak fantasy football days uh, when Marion Barber was was running for the Dallas Cowboys. And he kind of was in that what you would call like a thunder and lightning backfield, similar to Brandon Jacobs and uh, and Tiki where they had remember they had Felix Jones yeah, down in Dallas. And uh, that was kind of the committee there. Uh, but Barber. He had two years, 2006, he had uh, 14 touchdowns, 2007, he had 10 touchdowns, 975 yards. Uh, over a four-year period, he would have 38 touchdowns, which is pretty darn good uh, on the ground for the Dallas Cowboys. Very short career, I think due in large part to just how physical he ran and the wear and tear it took on his body and gone way too soon. So RIP to Marion Barber III. When we come back here on Cleveland Browns Daily, we're going to open up the mailbag. So your questions, ask us anything. Let's go. Me and Gibbe, the most interesting man in the world, the most interesting peepaw. He's here. I'm here. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, it is time now for the mailbag. SCBD Mailbag Thursday presented by Vivid Seats, an official fan experience partner of the Cleveland Browns. Give it. Hello, everybody. Gibbe. There it is. There's some mailbag music. Uh, Do we get good stuff today, Gibbe? We got a little bit. I haven't heard from Bobby. I wonder if his dad put him in timeout. Because the guy's a legend? 
I mean, let's I think Dad's trying to keep the man down. Let's not hate greatness. You know what I mean? Like, I, But don't you feel like that could be the case? I haven't heard from him all day. Yeah, but I'm just saying, let's not hate greatness. Bobby Meckling is a legend, Papa Meckling. Let's embrace it. Let's deal with it. Let's accept it. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what's going on. All right. We'll figure kinda, it out. Kind of sad. Kind of sad. All right. Haven't heard from him. It's been okay today so far in the mailbag. All right. What do you got? Well, let, I mean, we have time. Good news. We'll get to we'll get to some questions here. Yeah. Rooster wants to know. You can, by the way, you can tweet the show at Browns underscore daily using the hashtag AskCBD. Are we expecting to carry four running backs on the roster this year? I, I think so. I, I think so. I think that you will see uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson. And Jerome Ford. I think Jerome Ford is going to make this roster. I think Jerome Ford is going to be a guy who plays very well for the Browns in the future. Now, his abilities could prompt a move above him, you know, to free up some space if the Browns are able to do something that either helps them out from a cash standpoint or uh, something that helps them out in a position that they determine ultimately to be a, a different position of need. But, yeah, the Browns are pretty loaded at running back. And as of right now today, uh, I would see all four of those guys being on this football team. At Browns underscore daily using the hashtag AskCBD. Spirit of CBD at on off cough. Over under five and a half years until Peapaw Gibby buys a motorhome. Number one, I've had a you I've had a motorhome. I've driven it all over the East Coast. Of course you have. I've driven it. Is that when you were storm Maine chasing? From Rhode Island? No, 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 no. We uh, we had a fantastic RV, about a 30-footer from the great Avalon RV. I drove it. My brother-in-law was supposed to help, and then he started drinking Gatorade and Tito's, and it went downhill from there. He would he would then not be a help as a driver. He was not a he was not a help. Uh, we went to Rhode Island for uh, my niece's high school graduation. Okay, grabbed them, went up the coast, Boston into Maine, Kenny Bunkport. Kenny Bunkport, sure, sure. Yeah, all over the place. Did you tee it up at the old Samoset? There's a nice golf course up there on the coast of no, Maine. I, I did not. I did not get to do that. But then went over, you know, the Rhode Island crew came home. We went to uh, Niagara Falls, went all the way back to Cleveland. So did you rent this for this occasion? Yes. Wow. Well, this person, what did he say? When are you going to buy one? I think I, I definitely see you with a with an RV. Hey, I don't need that big a one. There, there's, there are ones now that are, that are quite nice. Yeah. A little more compact. Okay. The 30 footers a little intimidating. So you're not ruling it out, though, that you will one day own an RV? Yeah, I might. Okay. 100%. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. I'll say over five years, but yeah, definitely going to be happen. over. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see. Uh, what is the MJF promo last night? Oh, man. Max, what is this? Maxwell Jacob Friedman did a, uh, a like a, a worked shoot promo, or maybe it was a straight up shoot. We'll find out uh, on AEW saying basically telling the owner to fire him and calling him a bunch of names and basically everything he said was true i thought it was incredible i would urge people who are fans of professional wrestling just to go check it out watch the promo mjf's a star in my opinion um and would be the hottest free agent in wrestling if he is becomes a free agent he awesome incredible promo incredible a, 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 10 out of 10 a plus will you be uh cardona's pick in the pick your poison big match to face up Bishop seventeenth, no, but I'm glad. Great questions, good folk, good job, guys. Yeah, AIW's next show uh, at the Odeon, June the seventeenth. Love the Odeon. It's gonna be awesome. 
Uh, we don't know the status yet of, of, of Matt Cardona, the Edo champion, who has a torn bicep and is going to have to get surgery. I've been talking to him, definitely bummed out about that. But uh, pick your poison match. He gets to pick the opponent for Joshua Bishop. I want no part of that. Joshua Bishop is probably 6'5", 265, and is an absolute animal. Maybe Mo Pedman's cousin. Maybe. I, that's I'm fine with that. But what I'm telling you is that you have a situation where Joshua Bishop is going to be a huge star in this business someday, and I do not want to be part of the carnage. I'm a Bishop guy. I'm a supporter of the intense icon. So, no, I do not want to oppose him. All right. Uh, Dave uh, tweets at the show, at Browns underscore daily, using the hashtag AskCBD. Top three Tom Cruise movies. I had to bring this up. Okay. Top Gun. I might have to put Top Gun 2 in there. I'm just going based off of, like, I haven't seen that yet, but I think Maverick will probably make it. Mission Impossible. Yeah, I mean, that. I, there are two that I really, really like. The one with, I don't know if you ever saw it, with Cameron Diaz, Night and Day. With Me, Without Me. With Me, Without It's a fantastic movie. Cocktail. Oh, there you go. War of the Worlds also was a very good movie. Okay. Mission Impossible. The original Mission Impossible is awesome. Yeah, the original. Yeah, I mean, you got Jerry Maguire. Oh, Jerry Maguire. Sure, sure, sure. Vanilla Sky. Yeah. Uh, a Few Good Men. I mean. Yeah. Days of Thunder, of course. Yeah, but that's not. I mean, that's Top Gun on wheels, and Top Gun's better. I mean, Top Gun revolutionized recruiting for the Navy. I mean, that's how good of a movie it was. Yeah. Like, everybody wanted to be a naval aviator, me included. He was in The Outsiders? Yeah, he was in The Outsiders. Sure How was. How did I miss that? He sure was. Pony boy. Stay golden. Where does, where's uh, where's Cocktail on this list? Uh, this was just in order. I was just going in the order. He was in Taps. There's another older one that I'm thinking the of. The Color of Money. Color of Money is a great one. Uh, he was in Rain Man with Dustin Oh, Huffman. gosh. Rain Man's a great film. Born uh, on the 4th of Born, July. He won the Academy Award for... Uh, Oh, no, he did not. He actually lost it that year to Daniel Day-Lewis, who won it for My Two Left Feet. Yeah. And I was bummed. Plays Ron Kovic. Born on the Fourth of July is an unbelievable movie. The Firm. Yep. Gosh. I mean, there, there's some... Eyes Wide Shut was a weird one. Yeah, no thanks. Yes. Collateral. Uh, you got Reacher. I mean, I think it's pretty good. I think we have a pretty solid list. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, incredible. Incredible job. Oh, far, what about Far and Away? Yes. Far and Away, great movie. You forget how many good ones he's been. Yeah. What are, like, his first movies? Uh, let's see. I just clicked off. One second. Coming back. Cocktail. <clears throat> in the order that they're in. Yeah. Endless Love. Okay. With Brooke Shields. Okay. Good job by him. Taps, The Outsiders, All the Right Moves. All the Right Moves. Risky Great. Business. That's the one I was risky thinking. That's business. the one that was eluding me. I knew there was a B. So yeah, Risky Business. That's the one. That's where he slides in the uh, living room in Risky Business. Yeah, that's the one I was looking that's for. That's the one. That's the one. Okay. I All mean, right. Good stuff there. Yeah, Cocktail wasn't until, like, movie number eight, eight or nine. Okay. All right, what else we got, Gibby? Uh, Kentucky Fried Christian. KF Christian. Yeah. 
You're going in for a PR in the gym. What song is playing in the headphones? It's a great question. And it's honestly going to be, for me, either uh, Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name of, because I got to get got to get hyped up beautiful people by Marilyn Manson is also a possibility and then my time by uh the WWE which was an old older Triple H entrance song when he was still with like China before the game one and the game's also time to play the game I I would play that one too with no problem but those would be those are the ones Richie Fox by the way Hope you're feeling Ned. Right. Yes, get well soon. The, I don't know what happened over. He was the attacked by a, some tweets. He was I, attacked by a toilet. It sounds like. That's what it sounds. I like. I hope that toilet's in custody. Yeesh. What are some summer cocktails you'll be enjoying on the reg? Oh, for sure. Uh, All no, of them, Richie. All for of sure. Them. Number one for me in the summer is a nice John Daly, which would be an Arnold Palmer with vodka. Uh, I also enjoy a great ranch water, thanks to uh, our good friend Bo Bishop which is just uh, some tequila, um, some soda water. T- a Topo Chico would be the preferred soda water for this. Uh, and then a, su- a squeeze of a, of a lime, like the juice of one lime. Mix that up. I'll also throw in a few jalapenos, fresh, chopped, boom. By the way, can I just say nothing disappoints me more or leaves me more befuddled than when you order a jalapeno margarita and they put pickled jalapenos in it. Like, in what world could pickled jalapenos take good in a drink? None. Yeah, that's a common sense thing. Yeah, don't do it. Say, no, I don't have any fresh jalapenos. Fine. Yeah, not pickled. Fresh. Not pickled. Fresh only. Please. Yeah. Yes, this is a society. That's today's CBD mailbag. That's Maybe it? Might do some more tomorrow. Maybe we'll take some calls tomorrow. Oh, Madison, you up for su- taking some calls tomorrow? Young Madison running the board? Oh, yeah, I'm up for it. She's up for it. Gibby, you got graduations tonight. I have graduations tomorrow morning. Yours, obviously, high school. Mine, just a moving up ceremony, they call it, from eighth grade to uh, high school for my daughter. It's a big big, big end of the week here. Yeah, it is a big deal. I'm going to have a high schooler. All right. So much more to come here on this Thursday edition. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, OTA number six in the books. The players will be off tomorrow for they finish up their final week of the OTAs next week, starting Monday here at the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea. Tomorrow will be myself and Gibbe. Big show once again. We've got myself and Mike Prefer, exclusive 101. Plus, we'll hear from Alex Van Pelt, and we'll hear from Joe Woods. So, lots of good stuff there. We'll take your phone calls tomorrow. Uh-oh. A little higher or lower? Uh-oh. Better or worse? show tomorrow. Oh, big show. Graduations, everybody. Enjoy your graduations if you have them as well. Stay safe out there. We love you. For Gibbe, I'm Nathan Zgura. Big thanks to Anthony Poizel for stopping by today. For the head coach, Kevin Stefanski, special teams coordinator, Mike Prefer as well. And coming up next here, the next level is next. That's right. The next level is next. So thank you from all of us to all of you for listening to another edition of Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR. 